Three, two, one, begin. Begin. Okay, well, it's been a rough few days. I've been working for... I've been working a lot. I work 11 hours a day for a bunch of people that I have to yell at to wear masks. But this show isn't about me, as Max has reminded us and me before we record it. It's about Laura Dern. That's what this show's about, right, Max? Oh, we're doing Dern? Yeah, Dern oh, okay. this week. Next next week's the other thing. Yeah. This show is Dern After Reading, oh, where yes. Nick and I each week watch um, something Laura Dern has been in, or sometimes we don't watch, but maybe that's a surprise. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to that the later. The second half of the show. I think we're both going to surprise each other. Oh. <laughs> we didn't watch shit. It's going to be a fun week. So if you're expecting us to have watched Laura Dern content... And we're going to cross the movies off the list, because... We're on a schedule here, yeah. people. We have a whole new idea for next year. We're bringing in the stars. It's going to be crazy. Frankly, we're over this. Kevin Smith, he's coming in on it. Kevin Smith? It's going to be a Kevin That's, You could make up any star and you're like, oh, an irrelevant director. Max, that is a realistic celebrity. We could get in on this. That's true. He Jersey, lives in New Jersey. Jersey. Actually, no, he lives in California, but still, he's, he's a Jersey roots. boy. He's got roots. He's Jersey strong. Jersey strong, just like that dumb roller coaster that the C ate. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Like yeah, that... Jersey strong was like the Hurricane Sandy. Yeah, it was that the picture of that roller coaster that got pulled into the water. Yeah, the wild one. It's dumb. I hate it. They um, New Jersey should be drowned like New, a kitten. New Jersey got all that Sandy money, and they used like all of it. To make Jersey Strong commercials. Oh, God. Was Bruce Springsteen the voice of those, or no? He should have been, I mean. Good. Good for him. Him or JBJ. There's a reason they call him the boss. Why is that reason? He's the fucking boss, man. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I could not think of a better reason to come to the United States of America than to see the birthplace of the boss. Are you talking to our Norwegian listener? Yes. <laughs> when she finally visits me, I'm going to just show her around New Jersey. I hope she's still listening. Haven't heard from her in a while. But <laughs> please write back. Please, please respond to my 14 missed calls. She, she uh, left me on red. No, it's fine. She's off doing Norwegian things like dancing around maypoles and the like. Lutefisk. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, Lutefisk. That's my favorite King of the Hill episode. The one with the lady pastor that comes to town and she brings lutefisk because she's from Alaska. And then they accidentally burn down the church. It's it's a fun time. Yeah. It's a rip-roaring, cotton-filled episode. So pause this episode. So really, turn. just honestly, that's going to be the best thing we can give you. Just go listen, listen and watch to that instead. Words, good, much. So Laura Dern, what's she up to this month we've been off for like what two weeks now it's been a minute yeah um, as i said working i moved i moved to a house i don't live under the bridge anymore like a little troll <laughs> i don't have any updates oh. i just sit in this hot box you, you, honestly you live in the attic it's a sauna you live in the it's attic like, like a the re, like a reverse penguin penguins live in the basement yeah no like the, pe the penguin he lived in like a lair and oh, you live in the attic you're, you're, talking you're about the riddler oc yeah orange county baby oswald cobblepot oswald cobblepot man um, <laughs> you think everyone that made comic books back in the day was just like geeked out on speed 
I think they still are. I, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta I mean, look, like Alan Moore for sure. Oh, yeah, no, he's a, he's a mushrooms <laughs> guy. He just, he eats the dirt too, just handfuls <laughs> at a time. Just the cow shit. He was on The Simpsons. Th- throw it in the microwave. Alan Moore? Yeah, he did a cameo. It was an episode that Jack Black was also in. And also, Ew. it was Jack Black, Alan Moore, the guy who did uh, the ma- mouse. How do you pronounce those? The, the I, I know you're talking allegory about. I, I say mouse. Okay, mouse, and there was another artist. Alan it was like Moore a, it was, like was a, on like newish Simpsons for like a minute, and it was a joke about how his favorite comic to read was Little Lulu and not the deep, heavy stuff he makes. I think that was pretty good. That's though. pretty funny. It's just him, Alan Moore with giant hair, just singing the theme song like Little Lulu, I love you, you just the same, and it's. But I feel like Alan Moore being on New Simpsons is like. Alan Moore loving the Watchmen movie. It's like, it's the antithesis of everything he stands hey for. Hey man, it takes a lot of hair care products to deal with that thing he's got going on. <laughs> need that Simpsons money. Apparently so. What, what a, what a Alan cameo. Moore, big fucking sellout. What a cameo pays out on the Simpsons these days. Uh, I think it depends who you are. That's true. Right? I don't think many people are like, Alan Moore! <laughs> Like some, I guess, but you know, it's not like when they had like I don't know the Rolling Stones. Oh, that was a good one. Was it? I I liked it. I feel like once they started just spamming celebrity guests yeah, was kind of the beginning of I the think end. the old days of celebrity guests like um, John Waters and um, oh, John when Waters. Adam West was on the original cartoon Adam West mind you <laughs> he's just Suck a creep McFarlane god um, I saw Dana Gould speak once and he was talking about how he was the resident um, weirdo wrangler at the Simpsons like he would talk to all the weird celebrities and like get them to do things and he said um, Adam West was just a treat Oh, like that. And he was talking about um, near the end of his life what um, um, the guy that did um, the really bad cover of Rocket Man, William Shatner. William Shatner. What he was charging <laughs> that guy who was known primarily <laughs> for his really bad cover of Rocket Man. Hear me out. He was he was Dana Gould was telling Adam West like, oh, he charges like three hundred dollars for a meet and greet, and Adam West just gasped and said, oh, the hubris. <laughs> anyway, that's a funny story I like to think about. I'll try to keep my levels down. Sorry, yeah, sir. Nick's, Nick's off the charts here. Okay. <clears throat> so yeah, that was a so like that, that Laura, was a thing we did. Whatever. She's family protest. She has a dog. Good for her. Yeah, she wants people to wear masks. That's um, true. She. You know the president said that now too, so we should do it. He forgot uh, that he said that. Oh, oh, man. I forget I say things, too. Right? Do you remember there was one week, like, three months ago, four months ago now, where, like, Trump was, like, really serious about coronavirus? It lasted, like, a press conference and a half. So people now think, like, oh, he's finally, like, better late than never taking it seriously. No, he's not. He forgot. Now he's gonna, like, start a war with China. To try Maybe. to drum up support? He's, there's probably going to be pictures of him, like, kissing a black baby soon, and just like, look, I like people. <laughs> the baby's going to test positive for coronavirus. <laughs> I will say, 
There is zero chance ever Donald Trump would kiss a black baby. I That's don't think he'd true. kiss a white baby. I'm pretty sure he only eats babies. I, I would... There's zero chance he kissed his own babies at any point. Oh, for sure. I don't know if I'd want a kiss and from Donald shows. Trump. There are some presidents I would kiss. Chester B. Arthur? Forget about it. Donald Trump? Not even in the top 20. Chester B. Arthur? Is that his name? Did I no. mess it up? <laughs> that is a combination, a perfect combination, of former who-gives-a-shit president Chester A. Arthur and former golden girl B. Arthur. <laughs> So, hey, I know what I want. <laughs> I know my new Instagram handle. I want that forgotten president mixed with that butch older woman. <laughs> butch? Feel like B. You're... Arthur was pretty butch. All right. You know how many men play B. Arthur around the world to this day? <laughs> and it's not like a very feminine drag queen. It's a butch drag queen. <laughs> you needed Adam's apple to do that one. All right, fair enough. The more you know. Resident queer community expert, Nicholas Calabri. Speaking of. I'm in the streets. Would you like to describe your footwear? Oh, footwear. Well, it's something I call fun time fascism for the summer. They're Doc Martens on the bottom. Like, it has a thick sole, good for, like, um, I don't know. Stomping. Stomping. Stomping on things. And on the top, it's a nice little summer strappy sandal. And I've also got some nice black toenails I did last night while watching um, the Twilight Zone movie. Very good movie. And yeah, that's where I'm at. Good, yeah. They look like black Birkenstocks, kind of, but like slapped onto a Doc Martin sole. They look like that girl at the bookstore that you're afraid to talk to. How do you know what she looks like? I mean, just from what my feet look like. I'm going <laughs> to take a picture live time right now, and this will be in the episode notes for you guys. Yes. It's important to know when you look at this picture that this was taken while recording. Yes. This couldn't wait. Okay. So, yeah. I think these are um, camp. I think as a they group, are. They are. I have not thought about how campy these shoes are. I think I now have a better understanding of what camp means. <laughs> I mean, making your feet look like a, what's the phrase kids use? A big titty goth GF? That's camp. <laughs> it's like you have oversized, like, saucers on your feet. Like, snowshoes. <laughs> they really are clown shoes. They're in gay a Nazi clown shoes. <laughs> gay Nazi clown shoes. And they look great. You really pull them off. <laughs> Oh, is that our title? Of course it is. Are you insane? <laughs> we won't top it. It's fantastic. Okay, so... Dern. Uh, Dern. Whatever. Man. It's time for that big Dern. Big Dern. Well, Daddy did a boo-boo uh -oh. last night. I got home from a long day working in the heat. I was real zonked. I took a shower and I sat down to watch The Master. You son of a bitch. I'm sorry. You blew it on I, the master? I, I, I beefed it. I'm going to... <laughs> the most really, genuinely great I really beefed it here, dude. Uh, I... I was awake for, I'd say, the first 30 minutes, and then my GoPuff order arrived, which was all wrong. But at <laughs> which least, was all weed. No. It, it was like... It was more than what, I, I think I paid like $15, and I probably got $30 worth of stuff, so I'm not complaining, but also I really wanted the things that I ordered. Like, some of them were essential to this morning, 
and I didn't wind up being a person until like one o'clock today because I didn't have my coffee that I ordered. But GoPuff knows what they did. Anyway, so yeah, the master. I'm gonna just do the broad strokes here because, <laughs> as I stated, I did not watch the entire film yet. I will one day, and I'll really enjoy it. But and don't look at me like that, Max. You also didn't watch your movie this oh. week. Oh, don't <laughs> I you know start. That as a fact. <laughs> A reminder, I believe on air last time, I made the note that it's a very long film, so make sure you give yourself enough time to watch Yeah, it. I was here two days ago, and you told me to pace myself. Yes. And I didn't, because I, uh... I live fast. Alright, well, you don't need me. to talk about The Master. No, I can. I mean, but, like, who cares? Basically, it's like a... An allegory isn't the right word. It's a a very close spoof of the life of of L. Leopold Robert wait no what's his name L.R.H. wait wait L.R.H. I've got that the listeners are screaming Leal Patrick Barris no I don't what is his name I'm L. Sorry. Ron Hubbard L. Ron Hubbard founder of fake religion Scientology it's basically a story about somebody who is like him and, like, um, yeah, you know, people would come to him with problems, like, I'm an alcoholic, I don't know what to do with all my money, and he'd say, religion, mine, let's do it. He also had a boat he was a captain of, because he was crazy. Mm-hmm. It's called the Sea Org, I think? Yeah, that's the real one. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sea Org was sort of this branch of Scientology on a boat. He was... Basically, a cult leader. Oh no, for in, sure. And he still kind of is in his dead in his death. dead life. Oh, it's he's absolutely been dead for, what third twenty five years. A cult of personality oh, where yeah. like um, Miscavige has more has in some ways is a scarier leader for what he's done. But L. Ron Hubbard is still the figurehead. He's like the the chairman Mao. I don't know off the top of my head what um, the new dude looks like, but is it any is the face anything like that face that used to be on the outside of um, um, Mussolini's like government office? Are you asking if David Miscavige looks like Benito Mussolini? Is that is that the is that his face on like that? You know, like that. Like, the picture of his, like, main office, it, like, it had that thing that said, like... Scientology. Yes, no. Fascism. I'm talking... Yes. Okay. Yeah, like, Mussolini used his face everywhere. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's... Because they had that poster, I forget what it said, though. But Scientology... I believe if if you saw a giant face in the context of Scientology, it would probably be L. Ron Hubbard. That's true. Because he's still the guy. There's a... There's... There is one really shitty um, Scientology venue in Philadelphia. It's in Chinatown in a very old, low-rent um, office building. And if you look in, they have a bust of him, which I've always wanted to steal. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. I have not walked by and thought, I could take it. They... What's the little chubby man behind the desk going to do? I do miss, um, in L.A., the... You know, it's nice seeing what, what they can do with some cash, the Scientologists. <laughs> oh, that, they have money? <laughs> that, oh man, the giant blue palace. I, I lived a quarter mile from it. I would walk by it a lot. And it was, I mean, it's something to behold. You'd see all the bald men dressed in all white just staring out at the street. I always wanted to, like you wanted to see something really weird, but there just wasn't. It was all happening behind closed doors. As it should. 
As cults should. You know, you don't want to open do that. Open-air cults never succeed. Hey, look what happened to Jonestown. As soon as he went out in the open, steamrolled. Party's over. Do that inside. Um, um, while, before we get too far removed from Benito Mussolini's face, I will, I will share an intriguing anecdote. Um, oh, too. That an art, there was an artist in Philly who I saw an exhibition. She had built this super cool bike contraption. Um, and it was all a statement to kind of individual, the idea that, like, we're supposed to construct everything ourselves as individuals, and really this critique of it, um, as, like, this isolated fascistic idea, and one, and what she was making, so it was this giant, like, almost Rube Goldberg device that was powered by her pedaling, and it was a wood lathe, so it was a bike-powered lathe, and she was making, um, Almost like a, a knob on a banister, right? What, that's like kind of what it looked like, but it was her profile, or she would do different profiles of someone's face, and then that would be rotated 360 degrees to make this. What, where that was inspired, quote unquote, by was that's what Mussolini did in fascist Italy. If you had a banister, if you had a post made during that, it was Mussolini, a profile of Mussolini's face in rotation was like the, the shape of, of the, the design. I want one so bad now. Yep. <laughs> I really want Mussolini. So if we have any uh, hundred-year-old fascist <laughs> Italians listening in. Hey, I'm an Italian boy. I'm Calabrese. I know the pasta. Ask, ask your family. I found. Hey, I found. Gramps have any banisters? Lying I found enough things in my family posts? basements. I don't need to go digging any further. From Mussolini Newell Post. Ah, uh, I probably shouldn't bring this up, but have I told you about my sword? You have a, an Italian fascist sword. No, no. Think a little more hometown. I have a sword. <laughs> I found it in my maternal grandparents' basement, and as a precursor, it is not their sword. It belonged to I. It was either my grandmother's brother or her cousin, and it just ended up there. And it's like a it, it's a sword. It's pointy. It's not quite sharp. It's ceremonial, clearly. And I always just thought it was like a carnival prize that had a little knight on it on a horse, and I was like, cool, whatever. This, does this involve white? Robes. It involves white knights, yeah. yes. Um, so. I had it in my possession for many years. My grandmother gave it to me because she didn't need a sword. She's an old lady. <laughs> now, if you could describe sort of I'm how you felt there. holding the sword, would you say you were a proud no, boy? No, no, I wouldn't say that. I would say I felt the way you would feel holding any sword. Like, neat sword. Sure. And then after ha having it in my possession for, I'd say, five years, I looked at it a little closer and noticed the knight on it was wearing a very pointy helmet and he was holding a cross that was on fire. And then it became very clear to me, this was a clan sword. And this is not surprising, as the area I'm from, I've been told, used to have one of the highest clan concentrations on the East Coast, as well as the fact that my high school mascot was the White Knight until, I think, the 1940s when they changed it to the Green Knight. I have an exasperated oh, face. Oh, yes. Your mascot was the Klansman? It was... I don't what? actually, I think, 
I haven't looked at the old yearbooks. I really need to. I think it might have been like a literal white knight, right. like a knight from like the <laughs> round table. But obviously, yes, of course, the name is because of the clan that was heavily wow. alive in my hometown. So yeah, I don't live in my hometown anymore <laughs> for reasons. Oh, there was also recently a Black Lives Matter parade there, and it went very poorly. There's some pictures of old white women screaming that look just like the pictures of the old white women in the 1950s in, like, the South. So, yeah. Don't go to most... Do you have that sword still? Um, funny story. I've been thinking of what to do with it for years, and now that... <laughs> Stab a cop! No, wait. <laughs> we can't say that, Matt. <laughs> um... Anyway, in the last few months, obviously, my thoughts about it have swayed incredibly negatively, and I just don't want it because it seems evil. It's in my childhood bedroom right now, where you should keep any cursed sword. <laughs> and I basically had three options. Four, actually. Melt it and make it into something else, but that would involve knowing somebody who can melt metal, and that seems like a lot of footwork. I know one person who can. I think he would be more sympathetic to the to the, the clan cause. Oh. He is uh, what we might call an alt writer. Oh, he's not alter. He's, he's, he's alternative. He likes REM. He's, exactly. <laughs> REM's the beginning of the oh alt right pipeline. <laughs> First it's REM, <laughs> then it's Ben Shapiro. First you like REM, then Next you thing. hate. I don't even. Next thing you know, you're on the Stormfront forums. Oh God. Anyway, so. Option one, melt it down into something that would be symbolic or funny, like a, I don't know, like a, like a black power fist. That'd be fun. That'd be a cool thing to do. Throw it in a river. Swords are famous for being in rivers. The whole act, the whole thing about knights is that they get swords from rivers. That's kind of the deal, right? Lakes, typically. Eh, Go go on. Um, Lake, third option, destroy a piece of public property with it. I wouldn't say stab a cop, but, you know, maybe, um, jam it in a jailhouse gate or something. I'm not gonna say stab a cop on a podcast. Nick is nodding and now mouthing the words, I will stab a police officer. We cannot condone that, but we also can't stop you. Fourth option, um, donate it to a museum. Turns out most museums either A, are not open right now, or B, don't want it. So, what I've settled on... I'm pretty sure, unless I find a smelter through this podcast, please hit me up, I'm going to mail it to John Roderick. Go on. John Roderick, you may know him from the band The Long Winters. He was one of the pioneers of indie rock. He does a podcast called The Omnibus with a Mr. Ken Jennings, Jeopardy Goat. And um, I emailed them about it because they're both smart men and I thought maybe they would know a museum. And Ken basically said, John's going to want it. And then John emailed me separately and said, I have a closet full of, what's the word? Um, Racist weapons. Basically, yes. Racist weapons. But like, you know, things from history's past that are negative, but he keeps them because he's a strange and interesting individual. So I think I've settled on just mailing it to him because I don't want it anymore. And he'll appreciate it in a way that only an older war movie podcast having man can. Is he racist? I wouldn't say so. I don't think he'll listen to this, but I still wouldn't say he's racist. He seems pretty woke. Okay. Pretty down with it. He lives in Se- uh, Portland? Seattle? We Seattle. No racists there. Nope. They sure don't Not put everybody in. but the left. Unmarked vans. 
Uh, so yeah. Oh, yeah, people are getting disappeared. That's they sure are. So Laura Dern was in this movie called The Master. Yeah. 2012, Paul Thomas Anderson, a since-retired film director. What? Wait, sorry, never mind. Scratch that. I forgot that on Phantom Thread is the other dude's last movie. Who's that guy? That guy that does really intense acting? Philip Seymour. Oh, Joaquin Phoenix? No, um, he, he was Lincoln. Oh, Daniel Day. Yes, he said that the right, Phantom right. Thread would be his final film, which I believe, because okay. he's crazy. Anyway, because <laughs> he's an insane old man. Anyway, Paul Thomas Anderson made this. Friend of Paul F. Tompkins. Really? Friend of Philadelphia. Is that just like a Paul thing? No, they're friends. Oh. Yeah, him and Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, Paul F. Tompkins was in several movies that were directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Really? Lots of Pauls. Yeah, he was in... I don't know. Go listen to a stand-up show about having jobs. I'm not going to recite it to you. Sure. <laughs> you should, actually. I think... I forget what it's called, but it's a very good special. You can find it on Spotify, and it's just him talking about all his old jobs, including Hats at the Belfry, a Hats Philadelphia, in Belfry. A Philadelphia <laughs> institution. Oh, my God. Yes. I've heard that. He has a whole bit about it. I've seen it. It's right down It's right, right here. It's I've never, I've never connected that those are the same hats in the I belt. drove by it. It was the first day I was in Philly with my new car, and I drove by it, and I almost crashed. Like, I was so taken aback. Like, oh, my God, there it is. <laughs> That's what the funny guy talks about. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah, Laura Dern. She, well, I did. She, no, we gotta fill in all this time. Okay. Neither of us watched. She our plays things. a character called Helen Sullivan. I don't know what she does or her place in the movie. I believe she's the wife, but I don't really sure. remember. I bet she sticks around longer than the last Laura Dern. Yeah, wife. Cold Pursuit. Cold Ugh, pursuit don't get like me started. Spaghetti. Am I right? Real stinker. Ugh. Um, Ugh. I did. Speaking of Paul Thomas Anderson, just today I saw. Uh, I believe you still have not seen Magnolia, as we've discussed on the Shortcuts episode. Is Magnolia which... different from Steel Magnolias? Yes. I've seen still. neither. Yes. <laughs> I, I realize I brought this up last time. Yes. Yes, neither. Um, neither Ma- in Magnolia, Tom Cruise, bringing it all back to Scientology, plays... Wait. That's what he was in. Go on. Paula Tompkins was in Magnolia. Magnolia. I figure everyone's in Magnolia. But he, like, his, most of his stuff got cut, I think. Yeah, I figure. He's not that good an actor. And he was also in... Boogie Nights. No, he was in... Other movies, I forget. Yeah. Anyway, as you were saying. Uh, Tom Cruise plays a uh, sort of misogynist... Sort of. No. A, a violently misogynist. A violently misogynist motivational speaker who, like, it feels like it, like, predicted, like, the whole, like, game and, like... You know, seducing women by just being like a complete piece of shit, and <sighs> you love to see it. I just today, incidentally, I came across they made an infomercial of his because he like he was a motivational speaker. He like sold tapes. It's called like Seduce and Destroy. Oh He's got this sleazy God. long hair, and they made an infomercial and apparently really aired it like late at night. Um, it's amazing. One of Tom Cruise's best performances. And, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. I believe you. Tom Cruise is a very small man, so I understand why you, um... Short guy Hall of Fame. Short guy Hall of Fame. One day we'll make it, won't we? That's that's gonna be our next, once we're done with Zarin, the Short Guy Hall of Fame podcast. That could be a thing, Matt. Of course. Uh, Don't throw around <laughs> jokes if you aren't willing to follow them through for a year like we did with this dumb one. 
Um, so, <laughs> as we'll, if we do do that, we'll have to remind the listeners repeatedly that you are not you cannot qualify for the short guy hall. I unfortunately today I actually I was at Acme and you, you know what short happened guy moment? in the no the direct opposite an older woman was trying to get a. Um, pint of Friendly's Black Raspberry Ice Cream out of the freezer, but it was the last one, and it was all the way back, and she looked at me and said, young man, can you help me get this? And I did, and she said I, she said she was vertically incl- um, challenged, as you are, and um, that I was her hero for the day, and it felt very nice. See, vertically challenged, I do take offense to. Oh. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Remember how there are uh, Mexican children in a weird fence jail right now? You're not allowed to make offense, be offended by fake things. No, vertically challenged implies that shortness is itself a weakness, when in fact, one might say that the tall are vertically challenged by virtue of their main organs, which control their bodily functions, being further apart from one another and therefore less efficient. You know what? You're right. I have long, hollow bird bones, and you're just a four-foot-tall block of muscle, and I'll never be able to compete with that. Low center of gravity, comfortable on planes, efficient, efficient bodily function. You could sleep in a drawer like those Japanese men on Seinfeld. It's true. <laughs> or I guess Wayfair. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> They're selling children in drawers now, aren't they? Oh no! I'm I kidding. Th- that was not not real. Snoop, I snoped it. I snoped it. Yes. You can't trust them. Yes, I can. They're like they're like a propaganda arm of the Clintons. Of I, course, they're gonna say it's not. I, th- real. I bet if you snoped that, they would say that's not true. They absolutely <laughs> would, and it's infuriating <laughs> because it's crazy. They're all they're all fucking globalists. They're just there to talk about urban legends and stuff. That's what they were, but they really did become this very political. They exist in a well, very political Gallagher's space. homophobic now, so... What? You didn't know that? All his new material is just super, like, dim, Ooh. dark stuff. Yeah. Are there props? I don't want to know. I didn't look... Yes, you, Appar- do. If you yes look up, you do. If you look up homophobic Gallagher, you get um, a tweet by Liam Gallagher from four years ago that was apparently homophobic. That seems reasonable. I don't care about. I want to know yeah. about the Watermelon Man. Yes. Gallagher. I didn't really look into it. I just saw, heard somebody else talk about it, and then I searched it very briefly. And there's one article that I found skimming, and it's from, um, he apparently was homophobic on um, WTF with Mark Maron. Oh, yeah? Or, like, Mark Maron approached him about his his contemporary work, which is really not cool. Interesting. I don't know. I kind of want to go listen to the episode now and see what it's like. Do you, I wonder if he's got cred in, I guess, homophobic circles? I mean, like, I man... I can only imagine. New Gallagher he, really slaps. He either does like Branson, maybe off Main Strip Vegas, and maybe like chain comedy clubs, and that's yes. it. There's, oh, he's of not course. selling theaters. He's not like doing a tour. No, he's like the biggest name at like a shitty Jersey Shore <laughs> bar that has this month comedy in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I liked Tulsa. There's a bar called Max's that was very cool. Max's there, Kansas it's, City. It's a barcade. Is Max's Kansas City still open? I don't know. Do you know what that is? No. It was a famous, like, um, music venue in New York City that was very well known for being, like, a hangout for, like, pretty much everybody in, like, the punk rock and alt movement uh-huh. from, like, the 60s to the 80s, I think. Gotcha. Like, Velvet Underground. Oh, yeah. They all hung out there. Um, just, just shooting up. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. There's just so many stories of people getting in, like, fights and getting arrested because it was, like, a, a Donnybrook kind of fight. Right. 
It's like uh, the New York it. Viper Room. Definitely go read um, Please Kill Me. It's a great book. I've talked about it before. I finally finished it. Oh, good. Which is a perfect segment. It was. Or a perfect segue, rather, into between two durants where we will continue talking about whatever we want exactly i thought i had a burp there but it was just like a dry heave i'm doing great <laughs> nick looks ill i don't know what i ate today but it was i ate a a s'more like a pre-wrapped um, gertrude hawk s'more i had a little bit of water i brushed my teeth i think that's it Nick, the the commenters are really concerned about your health. They should be. It's fine. I got started late today. I'm okay. Oh, I had my I took a vitamin and my hair vitamin and my allergy medicine. Your hair vitamin. I take a hair gummy because over quarantine, um, when I when I first started, I started like hyper fixating on things, and one of those things was like my hairline's receding. I'm gonna go bald, so I started taking a hair gummy, and that'll fix everything. I painted my room yellow so you can't be depressed if your walls is are yellow. Is it your hair? Is it someone else's hair? I it's mine. No, in the, wait, in the, the gummy. gummy. No, yeah. I, I don't think it's like a like a witch kind of. I don't think it's like a curse amulet. I think it's just a gummy with like keratin or something in it. Okay, but yeah. And you don't want to stress about losing your hair I, exactly. because that's that's, that's, that's a the cycle. vicious cycle. Yeah. I could do keeps for men as many podcasts tell me to do, but I'm just gonna hold off. I'm going to go gracefully into baldness if it happens. I want to be like a Doc Brown. Or I'll go the other way and get a powdered wig. Actually, no. Real talk, I want to look like Frasier. Yeah, you Because this stuff, this all this oh, back yeah. hair, that's it. It's going to be this top stuff that goes. You you will look like Frasier. Oh, Frazier. I want Frasier. I'm great. I think I could really pull it off. Like, my personality would really... Have these lines always been running in? I mean, Is they've always ran in a little. I, don't, I Like, I really don't know if they're getting worse because I don't have pictures of me just, like, my yeah. hairline. That's... Yeah. I was a bangs. Wasn't planning for I'm a, a girl. Bosley commercial. I'm a girl with bangs that can tell you which planet is making you sad. Which one? <laughs> it's usually <laughs> Most Earth. Most of them, probably. Honestly, it's always Earth, really. Uh, so, uh, what's between? Do, who goes first? The, I do. You go because first. You. Because I technically watched, watched a movie. I I was there. It all played <laughs> in front of me. I just wasn't you can conscious. Tell. Uh, well, while we're on the subject, I. Hate when people just talk shit about astrology as like their own personality trait. Let me just butt in and say I like saying that thing is a joke, but astrology has some merits. Yeah, it makes you feel better. It gives you like things to grab onto. Exactly, like religion or capitalism. <laughs> it's way better than both of those. Oh things. no, you're right. It's, um, it's fun. But no, like there's a certain kind of dude that'll share memes about how astrology isn't real and it's like great like you can feel that way but who gives a shit like to to deny the merits of like something that is an introspective tool i've found you know me i like the tarot you dabble in the occult i dabble in the occult and for me personally I, i do not have any sort of spiritual mystical beliefs around these things uh, but nevertheless, it's just something to focus on and give you like a framework for considering things that are going on in your life. Exactly. Um, also, there there is a, a latent undercurrent of sexism um, and anti woman in the the smart science man and the dumb girl with her astrology. 
Um, and I say get fucked. If you're one of those people, get fucked by something you don't want to get fucked by. But not like probably a strap-on. Because I think most smart women are into strap-ons. I'll say it. And if most you're into strap-ons, let's start by right saying. In. I I was gonna say this a different way, but I'll say it the other way. Um, what I was go- let me start with what I was gonna say. I was going to say that most smart women are lesbians, so strap-ons <laughs> come more openly to them. But then I realized that is saying that is excluding smartness from all other straight people. So yes. let me say it alternatively: <laughs> that if you are gay and a woman, you're probably smart. And you, you use a strap-on. You know, I really had this... I had this so well laid out in my head, Max. What is happening? <laughs> I was just gonna say that men are headache. I don't know who's gonna cancel us. Men are dead. much headache if you can avoid them, do it at all costs. Avoid men. I work at a place on the pier and I r- routinely see dude bros on jet skis on the Schuylkill River and I just sigh to myself and say, ugh, men. <laughs> Because they're enjoying themselves on the Honestly, river? yeah. I just, ugh. Well, I'm, that, wor- I mean, I'm working and they're out there. I think I gotta stand up for, uh, <laughs> for the old Y chromosome on this one, Nicholas. You know what? That's I, fine. There's a storm of brewing out there, Max. It's and that storm is our, equality. Is the joy of riding a jet ski along a river and taking in all that nature has to offer at a very brisk speed... Um, getting misted and splashed in the hair, kind of the chop, you bump up and down, it's very nice, you see some some uh, aquatic fauna. Is that, that a, is that part of toxic masculinity? Of, that river is toxic, let's start there. You yes. are going to see a turtle if you are lucky, and maybe a goose eating garbage. I don't know, man, I didn't mean to get into it like this. I think it really depends who bought the jet ski. Did they buy it because they have a job and they have a wife that they love and respect? Or did their parents buy it and they spend their weekends um, doing rude things to women? So so we normalize marriage, heteronormative marriage. Nah, don't get married. If anything, you should have multiple partners. Save up that wedding cash for that jet ski. Monogamy in this economy? Forget about it. You need at least four partners to afford a decent house with a washer and dryer you don't have to pay for and that is my official Philadelphia stance. <clears throat> Saying that, I am in a very happy monogamous relationship. <laughs> where we both live in separate houses, so the multiple partners do not apply. Very good. Thank you. So, so it's strictly platonic between you and your roommates. Yes, no, me and Mike, you know Mike, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't mac on each other. That'd be weird. <laughs> Too much beard and mustache. Nah. For some people. Anyway, my Durns. Your Durns. Finally. What are we, three hours in? (sighs) Never stops. Uh, I'm delirious from the heat at this point. Honestly, we are both living a life uh, here. Nick and I are both going to get sunstroke in the comfort of my my study. Uh, Um, I started reading a book you likely have heard of by one Miguel de Cervantes. And it is called Don Quixote. Ah, yes, that long, boring book. Yeah, by the dead guy. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I've heard good. Pro- I think he's dead. I, I mean, I think the I book's from so. like three hundred years ago. More so. substantially. I, okay, more. I hope he's dead then. He likely I is no longer is. with us, Cervantes. If you're living, if you're listening and living, hit me up, dog. Um, Come hey, on. we're we're still waiting on the sequel. Get on the pod. Get Cervantes on the pod. 
But this book, I, I never really knew much about it. I knew, okay, crazy guy thinks he's a knight, tilts at windmills. Got it. That's... Um, I didn't even know that, so... Oh, yeah. Um, so what I've since learned about the book is that it is regarded as the first modern novel in many ways. And the way that um, a book I've lent you, uh, House of Leaves... Yes. Right, a book that uh, sort of... Its narrative structure is sort of... There's a meta-narrative, and it sort of challenges and breaks all the rules of existing literature, and that's what's celebrated about it. This is feels like, and I guess supported by people who know medieval and renaissance literature better than I, that this was like, just broke all the rules, and at a time where there's this genre of all these night books, which are all chivalrous and... The gallant knight and the fair maiden, and he conquers the dragon, and they're all almost this... I'm sure some are, you know, good pieces, good stories to read, but really paint by numbers thematically and structurally. And and this is Cervantes basically saying, fuck all that, and, like, just taking a piss. It's very funny, it's very, very tongue-in-cheek, and it's, like... Clearly, him just sort of mocking how things are done, but with um, a writerly ability, he's so brilliant with words that like it justifies his ability to do that. And so it's like he's saying, "Fuck your story! I'm gonna break all the rules and make a better story." And that's all because I'm just insanely brilliant. Like the whole the whole thing, you get this vibe of just. It's something I get, I just read a John Steinbeck book. There's certain authors who have such a way with words where it's just like, you get sort of awestruck <laughs> at their ability to just weave a tale. And I, per- I personally, I always find it funny when it happens, even if it's not necessarily comedic, but just almost you can like see them like giddily writing this because they know they're so masterful. That's how it feels. Like he just, Cervantes just pulled out his hammer and just dropped it on the table. (laughs) And then the Middle Ages were over in that moment. With one large Spaniard's penis lying on the table. Whew. Wow. It's pretty good. I'm not very far. I don't know if I'll stick with it. It's a very long book. No, I I feel it. that I'm on two very short books right now and I know I'm going to do a big one next. And I don't know where that's going to go. Well, live in the now, Nicholas. I am. Boy, I am. Anything else between your turns? Um, I've been playing Bug Fables uh. on the Nintendo Switch. If how how much you f- get for that, huh? How much Nintendo pay you to drop that sweet name on our pod? I, would I dr- want half. I would pay to get others to play it. It is a joy. Um, I use it myself. I designed my my own personal website with Bug Fables for Nintendo Switch. <laughs> it is yeah, just drop that code Max Laura Dern Pod and <laughs> at bug, bugfables.gov. <laughs> uh, got some of that stimulus money coming your way. Everyone gets a copy of Bug Fables. It uh, I am an avid fan of the first two games of the Paper Mario franchise. I am familiar. And I don't much care for anything they've done since. 
on account of they got rid of everything that made the first two amazing. So Bug Fables is by an independent developer, and it uh, is basically, I'd say even shamelessly, pulling from those two classic Paper Mario games, uh, but does it wonderfully, and is a delight and a joy if you're a fan of JRPGs. Uh, if you're not, it's a great one to get started on. It's the story is engaging, your bugs in the bug worlds, and I love it. And it, while the whole time we're sitting here, I'd rather be playing it. You know, I'd rather be playing my latest um, game, Squeeze, which has been the original Roller Coaster Tycoon, which you can buy on Steam for $20, and they give you every single park that was ever in the original with every add-on. Oh. It's very good. And I'm now playing... When I was younger, I would just do bullshit and make roller coasters that exploded, because that's what you do when you're yeah. a child. But now that I'm an adult, I try to play for... Every park has, like, a, um objective. Like, have so many people, so much of a rating, and pay off your debts by April, year three, or whatever. So I've been sure. doing all those, and it's it's exciting. It's fun. Also, it's so furiated, infuriating, because there's no way to stop people from vomiting, basically. You can put benches, you can put trash cans, they're still going to do it. And the, the um, your garbage men are so stupid. They just, they'll be off in like a, a line queue where they don't need to go, where there's vomit and trash cans to empty. The garbage men wait on line? No, but they like, they'll walk through the line just because they basically will just follow any path that's available. Okay. I think it's like they're programming, they're not made to be smart, so you have to, you can program a space for them to fill, but they still don't do very well. I don't know, I think this game really teaches you the stresses of running an amusement park. <laughs> I know why Walt Disney died right after um, Disneyland opened. <laughs> because they killed right him? Right after... Right? Disney World? I don't know. Because he, the government killed him. They did not kill him. Smoking killed him. <laughs> <laughs> the tobacco companies killed him. And that's why if you go to any of the um, like in-park history museums, all the pictures of him with cigarettes have been edited to pencils. And that's really? true. Most of them have, yes. Like, I think around the 90s they took a big stand against smoking, and that's when like all that stuff... I think they put out some stuff since then that has him smoking, but pretty much anything from that stretch is just completely... Yeah, it's nice that, you know, we've bounced they, back nice from they that. Tried. <laughs> they tried to undo the past. <laughs> Isn't that nice when a major corporation erases the past? Yeah. <sighs> you love to see it. So, my durns. I guess roller to... Roller toaster tycoon. tycoon. Am I right or am I right? No, that's on there, um... I don't know. I've been working and moving a lot. Been listening to some podcasts. I'm not going to talk about because I'm not going to drop other podcasts past the one I already did earlier. Yeah. And the one I usually do a week anyway. Been watching some classic movies. Been my tape collection is laid out in a new way. So I've been hitting through the big ones. I did Beetlejuice. I did Big. I did Mrs. Doubtfire. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I did the Twilight Zone movie as I mentioned earlier. How, how do you feel about Large March? Large March. That is first of all that movie is perfect i've watched i haven't watched it in a while and i realized how funny some of the parts are and how like the weird like deadpan quirky things that um that um tim burton threw in are just incredible i love it that's great but large marge scared the fuck out of me as a child you know i don't think i saw that that movie too young monstrous scream i definitely i saw beetlejuice when i was younger and I think that prepped me for it. Prepped me for like those that kind of like Tim Burton live action stuff, like animation, clay, etc. But yeah, that large march, it's perfect. Oh yeah, the face coming off. Ugh. 
Love that. Oh, not the fa- no, and Beetlejuice oh. the oh the shrimp the, hands the shrimp hands. I, I've always wanted one of those. They they come out <laughs> they come up at prop option uh, uh they come up at prop auctions here and there like those shrimp hand gloves. Love to have one. Just wear it to the store. <laughs> Touch people's hands. But yeah, large Marge, great part. Yep. Tell him large Marge sent you. And <laughs> and is it? I make this connection in my mind and. I haven't seen the film in a long time, and maybe it holds true. Maybe it's just in my head, but I get serious Eric Trump vibes from. Uh, oh yes, what's his name? The rich, the I rich man child. I know who you mean, but I, I don't his know his swimming name off the top pool. Of my, oh my god, no! His um, bathtub is the swimming pool. Yes. he's taking a bath. <laughs> he can't be bothered. Yeah. Alistair Crowley's face makes a very brief appearance in that movie. Alistair Crowley is a name I don't know. He He's one of those, like, dark magic dudes. I think he lived on the Loch Ness. He was friends with, like, all the Hollywood people that were Satanists. Is this, like, a pedophilia it, ring? It's, no, it's like Anton LaVey, like that same kind of guy. Don't know what the You don't know these mean. people? You listen to the last podcast on the left. I don't... I, just give me the, the cults. They, they, just, only they the were just like they and were, Timothy McVeigh. They were both big, all big dudes in Satanism. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. hit, they at the one point when he's in the joke shop looking at all the new jokes, the owner holds up a giant fake face and it's him. Oh, I okay. think. You know, now that we say all this, I don't know who it was. It was definitely an occult dude, though. It might have been who'd you say? Anton Lavey. That's right. You oh, said that. What? It doesn't. It really doesn't matter, though. Listeners, just go ahead and delete this Pee-wee's section. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, great movie. Go watch it. Yeah. Big is weird because that lady fucks a kid. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire, great movie. Just ordered a fantastic shirt. It's Mrs. Doubtfire like playing guitar on the broom or the vacuum cleaner, sure. and over it, it's, it has the logo for Psycho. Nice. Because it's the same idea, but... Yeah. Cute instead of got Harvey Firestein. Not Harvey no. Weinstein. No. Very clear distinction. Also, Harvey Weinstein helped to make um, the movie. The Weinstein Company made the master. Oh. Yeah. He had his grubby little sex-having hands in those movies. Oh, God. A picture of the of Adam Sandler's click just came onto my screen because I, I clicked on the wrong tab and it legitimately frightened me. Um, see, I heard a picture of Adam Sandler's clit. No, click. It's more I'll fun. I'll show you. It's the, the Instead of the remote, it's this sort of weird His half-huge Jewish and penis. And a giant just clitoris. His... Are, so are we are we making it canon that Adam Sandler is a trans man? No, I don't know if it's his like as said Adam Sandler's clit is some sort of possession. So perhaps he, he I don't owns know. It. I guess it's ultimately up to Adam Sandler. Well, that was a lot to digest. Let's move on. <laughs> What's been up? Big Dern. Big, what? No, Little Dern. Little Dern. Oh, we're doing great. What's your Little Dern, Max? How small is Whew! it? Uh, microscopic and nowhere to be found. Oof, you hate but to But that it. won't stop me from talking. <laughs> never has, never will. My Little Dern was a short film from 2008 called uh, The Monday Before Thanksgiving. It is... The, it stars Laura Dern and is directed by Courtney Cox of Friends fame. And I say Courtney because what I learned in doing research for this is that she spells her name dumb. 
She's oh. got an extra E in there. You know, in all in this latest to 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 really date this episode, in this latest craze of Instagram pages sharing pictures with people's names on them, I've yeah. learned that a lot of people spell a lot of names dumb. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely true. My favorite ones... Now you'll know, hopefully, exactly what week this is recorded. My favorite ones are, like... Like, one, there, it'll be, like, three things, and it'll be the th- the three spellings of a name, the one right one, and then the two dumb ones. Like, Ashley is a popular one, where it'll be, like, three things, yeah. and it'll be, like, Ashley and Ashley and Ashley A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. Fuck you, Ashley. So, Courtney Cox. I would put in that, like, you just don't need Courtney... Courtney. C-O-U-R-T-K-N-E-E. Everyone knows how to spell the name Courtney. Her ancestors need courts. That's true. There you go. <laughs> um, so, the the Monday before Thanksgiving. Just another manic Monday. Um, I couldn't find much about it. I searched high and low. I did find the website for the costume designer who worked on this film. She was also the costume designer for um, Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, uh, the the shitty sequel to the shitty film Triple X. That movie. There is an old stained copy of that on VHS in one of my friend's basements that haunts me to this day. Really? No, it's just a bad movie. I think I actually, I, for whatever reason, oh I believe I have a copy of that film on Blu-ray. I've never seen that film. No one has. It was thrust at me by a friend when I when I moved. He was like, take this. I'm like, I don't I, want I, this. I bought stocks in X. Take a copy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, from what I can gather, this is... Uh, apparently a short film about a woman who lost her mother before Thanksgiving. The Monday before Thanksgiving. The Monday before Thanksgiving. It's an emotional, introspective thing. Pulling together a whole Thanksgiving meal and a funeral in three days. (laughs) Now that's a movie. (laughs) Um, It got... Both reviews were pretty good. It sounded (laughs) good. That sounds like our podcast. Both reviews. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And during... So I have this picture from the Costume Designers website... Duren appears to be in her, like, it looks like it could just be her. Like, she's, she's L.A. Dern. I, I think, I think we've got SoCal Dern. I would not say that is a designed costume. No, I think it's just what she wore. Yeah, she just showed up in that. <laughs> um, but also in researching this, Nick, I'm going to take your computer away from you. I'm doing things for the show. What are you doing? We're recording. I was looking at the weather. <laughs> gonna fucking Stop! <laughs> Nick is one of those people. I'm listening. I'm listening as they stare at their phone. I'm not like on Facebook. Nick's on. I'm doing shame. You know, when I recorded from my house, I didn't have to hear you talk about this stuff. Yeah, because you can look in the same place. You have the weather right there. Um. So you can sleep on the couch tonight, Max. How about I will. Good. So, one thing I did learn about Courtney Cox and Laura Dern is that they are Christmas Eve... Don't look at your phone. Nick just got a text and he he just can't... He wants to know. He wants to know what he says. This conversation, this podcast conversation is like pulling teeth, but he can't escape. Max, I'm too hot to have this argument with you. What were you saying before? 
Um, Courtney Cox and Laura Dern are very good friends, and they have a tradition of celebrating Christmas Eve morning together for 14 years. 14 years running, every Christmas Eve morning, Laura Dern and Courtney Cox get together. And that's really sweet. But also, like, most of us can't have Christmas Eve morning traditions 14 years running. Like, some, you know, sometimes that's a work day. I do, but I guess I'm just more powerful than you. Yeah, apparently so. Because my mommy's birthday is Christmas Eve. Really? She's on Christmas Eve morning. She goes and gets wine, and sometimes I come with her now that I'm 21. This is getting sad. Not, not <laughs> every Christmas Eve, I have fond memories. My no, mom just getting a jug of wine and no. not paying attention. No, like we go to a winery and like have lunch, Max. It's her birthday. She can do what she wants. She wants to drink wine in the basement closet that gets no light. She can do that. No. If she wants to have brunch with her son, friend, and niece. She can do that. Are too. you all of those things? Hey, I'm a one-stop shop. <laughs> no, it's friends and niece. Lover, fighter, I have it all. No, it's... We're doing, you know, we do a thing. All right, well, I'm just saying, I've worked some Christmas Eves. Okay? We get it. You have a sad life. You have a sad <laughs> life, and you're projecting it on my mom, This so. is completely true. <laughs> I will share this episode with my therapist. I have a sad therapist. life, too. Don't worry. Um, by the way, my therapist's podcast, wildly successful. Hey man, our next podcast when we're done with this bullshit is gonna be better than this. I stand by We're coming for you, shrink chicks. (laughs) By the way, if you're a quasi-affluent white woman in your 30s and you need a therapist, check out shrink chicks. Nice. That's really their niche, and then I like see one of them, and that's my therapist. It's great. Um, But, so, in trying to find out anything about this, most of what exists is... Uh, articles from various entertainment websites that mention that Courtney Cox will be directing uh, an episode of the show she stars in Cougar Town, mm. and her previous directorial credit is for a short film called Monday After Thanksgiving. That she has paid enough money to have wiped from all existence. Exactly. So what I took it upon myself, I said I want to consume something... Um, let me watch Cougar Town. Oh, you brave man. So I watched, just uh, this afternoon, the first two episodes of Cougar Town, which I had never seen before. And I was... I didn't know much about it. Apparently it was created by Bill Lawrence, who I quite like, who Hmm. created Scrubs, and, which is fine, and also Clone High, which is an absolute gem that was shamefully canceled on account of people in India did not like the representation of a clone of Gandhi. Whatever. Whatever. They're going to clone Gandhi sooner or later. They might as well come to terms with it. (laughs) Exactly. It was brutally unfair. Canceled after one season. Dagger to the heart. Um, And then he made Cougar Town. And I didn't know much about it, but I was hopeful. I was like, I hope it's got cougars in it. Courtney you, Cox. You do could, famously love cougars. Like famously, S has been established. You are an absolute is, milf hound. It is a life canon that <laughs> Max is a milf hound. Thank you. Max is a milf hound. Adam Sandler is a trans man. Next. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next point we're going to make? Um, so I was hoping 
But in my mind, I was like, it's not, there's not going to be cougars in it. That's not really, it's just like a catchy name. No, there are cougars yeah. in it. It's like basically the whole first episode is just like hot older women, women banging younger dudes. I'm like, all right, all right, Cougar Town. <laughs> I never thought like a show that aired after Modern Family would uh, get me turned on, but hey, it worked for me. Are you implying that the last show that got you turned on was Modern Family? No, that it aired. <laughs> okay. I mean, not since Modern Family graced the television screen. I mean, Ed O'Neill. Boner on primetime television. That alone. Ed O'Neill. Uh, ever since the Dick Van Dyke you show. You know, the, the hot old man with the ugly wife. Ah, That's Modern yes. Family, right? Yeah, and the gay ones and the. The funny guy that was in that zombie movie What's where her he name was from, rude. from Happy Gilmore. You know. Angela Lansbury? Nah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just... Um, and so Cougar Town. Yeah. It's it's fine. And, like, no, Courtney I've, Cox is hot. And I've heard it's decent like things. A lot of, like, boobs hanging out. My girl Busy Phillips is in it. Been a fan of Busy since Freaks and Geeks. She was kind of like the bad girl, bad influence mm. from the wrong side of the tracks. And she has those vibes. She's, like, the party girl. The younger friends to one Courtney Cox. Ah, yes, um, not quite MILF. Yeah, no, not yet. I think she's a MILF in real life. IRL MILF Busy Phillips. Also, her name's Busy. And that's like the anti Courtney, where Courtney is a bad name. Busy. It's a great name. That's cool. It's a wonderful name. Um, so, yeah, Cougar Town's fine. Nice. I, might, I might keep watching. Hey, man, more power to you. Yeah. But also, you should watch something else. You know what that is? Nope. Well, you said we could talk about it on air, so we're just going to give a little teaser. Ooh. That once me and Max both find the time to watch 18 episodes of HBO television, we're going to talk about Enlightened for a whole episode. They thought we were going to say Big Little Lies. Nah, You're wrong. Son. We're getting more Dern than that. Oh, yeah. This is Dern. We've had, you know, some glancing Dern. Some minor Dern, some supporting Dern. I got my Dern lanced halfway through our uh, series right now. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a real wreck down <laughs> there. Ugh. And uh, Enlightened is all Dern. With, and supporting would be Mike White. Love it. Luke Wilson. Love it. Dern's mom. Love it. Diane Ladd. And season two, a little spoiler, we get a little Molly Shannon. Ooh, I like Molly Shannon. Um, and Enlightened is, without a doubt, one of my all-time favorite shows. I'm very excited about this. And I will note for the fans that when Nick said, we're giving you a little teaser, he um, coquettishly twirled his mask around his finger. I sure did. Ugh, <laughs> uh, yes. But yeah, also, um, for all of you that hate this podcast... You may enjoy knowing that we are about 25 weeks away from not being a podcast anymore. <laughs> the curse is almost lifted. That is about how much longer you have to put up with us. And then we're going to do something else. And we're going to do that one with some style. And, and We're going to wear full suits every time we record. We're going to edit. We're going to have a theme song that we didn't steal from primetime television. <laughs> We will record in this room in full suits I'm, at this temperature. I'm going to buy an ad on the Max Fun Network, which I did not yet do, even though Max sent me $50. Nick has embezzled my funding. I sure did, but I also pay for Podbean every month, so... That's, this is true. If anything, that goes towards that. 
Now, and now that we've had this business discussion on live air, <laughs> what, what were you saying? I'm sorry. Tweet in. <laughs> tweet in to let us know how we should manage our podcast. Also, we will have a Twitter that we use. <laughs> um, I will say, this coronavirus thing, one wonderful thing that's come out of it, less work for Dern, because we might actually have more than 25 weeks if she makes more things. That's true. That is a stip. I'd call it a silver lining, but really it trumps all the bad things. Exactly. So, right, it's a little like... So we kind of broke even on the whole... Yes. On the whole last six months. Yeah. And the next... And the indefinite future. That is something we're going to have to keep in mind as a back-of-house rule. For whatever show we start next, we're going to have to go back and do whatever new Laura Dern stuff comes out. This will haunt us until... But honestly, like, like, what, three movies a year? Whatever. Think she's got it in her? No, she might want to hit the ground running. She might. She's chomping at the bit. She was going to be in a Will Ferrell comedy. I don't know if it filmed Eurovision one? I have no idea. Oh, that looked bad. I just, I remember we talked about it very briefly, like, three months ago. Oh, shit, I just realized Eurovision must have gotten canceled. Sad. Have you ever watched Eurovision? I have no Do idea. Do you know what, what it is? No, what are you talking oh, about? Oh, my God. So there's this new Will Ferrell movie that's, like, uh, based on it, which it doesn't look good. But Eurovision is a an annual um, competition in Europe. It's like Olympics for European pop hits basically. Oh! And every okay. country nominates and they all have their own nominating process that might just be selected or they might have their own countrywide contest. Uh, basically, they get one song that they're submitting. I am familiar with I believe it is how ABBA became famous. That would uh, make sense. And, and nobody else. I'm fairly <laughs> sure since. Um, but it is an absolute joy. It's like watching once Eurovision is back. Uh, it's typically around May. It's in the springtime. Um, I'm going to have a Eurovision party, and we'll all get deeply invested into, like... Like, there, you'll get, like, like a Serbian, like, power oh, yeah. ballad, and, oh, um, uh That sounds It's ideal. wonderful. I love it's that. It's absolutely wonderful. Oh, man. Whew. Yeah. It was a rush. I really like it. Really overtook my whole system. You talking You're, about you especially. I can't. I would. really. I'm going to dress for it. Yeah. I, I'll get my finest seersucker suit out of cold storage, and <laughs> we'll paint the town purple. Okay. So, do you want to know what you're going to watch next week? Yes. I think next week we're going to actually watch our things, and I think we'll actually be able to find them. So, okay. here we go. You're going to be watching the prize winner of Defiance, Ohio. Which is a 2005 drama adaptation. That's the name of the film? Yes. Oh, the yeah. prize winner of Defiance, comma, Ohio. Okay. 2005 dramatic adaptation of, I believe, a true story. Um, Woody Harrelson is in it. It's got Laura Dern. I think it's about, like, a basically a tortured housewife who gets out of it by writing jingles for commercials. Ah, yes. I'm glancingly familiar with this. I have a passing familiarity myself, and you will find out more about it, I'm sure. I, on the other hand, get to watch a 2017 episode of The Last Man on Earth called Got Milk. Oh. A cameo of a Miss Laura Dern. Interesting. I have never watched this show, but I enjoy the premise, and hopefully it's good. So now this is fun. Um, the last oh, is prize that? winner... Wait, go back up. That's, uh, that's what's-his-face. Mr. Old. Mr. Old? Mr. Old. That was the guy that dated uh, Judy Garland. Oh. 
I mean, like, for the studios, it wasn't real. Anyway, uh, this means nothing to the studio audience. Yeah, what were you saying? Picture. Um, Jane Anderson, who directed this film, also directed The Baby Dance. Oh! Starring Laura Dern famous, in Stockyard. Famous Laura Dern, John. And three episodes of The Facts of Life. Actually, she wrote those. Hmm. And it was once in a movie written by Nancy McKeon from The Facts of Life. You're such a fancy little man, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Full of secrets. Oh, man. Well, we've been recording for, I'd say, close to nine hours now. Yep. Is there anything else you'd like to say to our listening public? I would like to rub ice cubes all over my body right now. Just like in Do the Right Thing, a movie I want to rewatch now that it's mm-hmm. a million degrees every day. I do, uh, I do enjoy... Um, have you ever seen Don't Be a Menace? The Wayans Brothers spoof of no. early 90s hood movies. I have not. That um, sounds so, so good, instead though. of the sex scene involving ice cubes on a hot day, um, it is extremely juvenile and likely very problematic as, oh, a, as a film. For um, sure. <laughs> whole. But instead of ice cubes on the body, it's like, it's like food. It's, oh. like, it's like food for the baby, so it's like a little like hot dog. He's like rubbing over this like sweaty woman. I hate that so much. <laughs> That's not good, man. He puts hot sauce on her toes. Oh man, in like fourth grade, nothing funnier. Oh, nothing funnier. Word. Don't be a menace. Well, it's storming. The sirens are blaring. I think it's we. It's we. Time should call end now. Should old acquaintance be When you meet the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, you want to start as soon as you figure it out. <laughs> that was my Billy Crystal. It was very good. We could just cut it. That's fine. <laughs> I, I love you, Darren. I love you, Darren. Oh, 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 oh